0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Probably True. This podcast contains strong language and adult themes throughout because it would be boring otherwise. I was in the US a couple of weeks ago as part of my ongoing mission to explore strange new cities, seek out hot and handsome men and Snog <laughs> As much as I aspire to being a Picard, I think deep down I know I'm Kirk, and I'm alright with that, you know? Anyway, I timed my visit to coincide with the US election, as I was planning on doing that wanky British thing of being amused by foreigners who were passionate about something in a way that would never happen at home. And it'd make a nice change from all the really depressing Brexit stuff to see Hillary Clinton become the first female president. Except we all know that's not what happened. At the time, however, the group of people I was with were all still very optimistic and upbeat, so we headed off to a bar in San Francisco to drink and have fun as the votes came in. What actually happened was a little different, although it definitely involved drinking. There was cheering for Hillary and booing for Trump at the beginning of the night, but that slowly faded away and was replaced with a sullen, shocked silence. The drinks didn't stop flowing, but no one was talking anymore. Even my fantastic accent stopped having the right effect. As I headed home later that night, I had to pick my way around people crying in the street, fights breaking out, and other stuff that reminded me most of that scene from Battlestar Galactica just after they find out Earth is a nuclear wasteland and their whole mission has failed. Oh, sorry. Spoiler warning. I'm used to seeing bleak shit like this in central London, but this was different. None of these people were from Essex for a start. This was San Francisco. Where were all the hippie types with tie-dye and flexible approaches to sexuality, and access to large amounts of weed. The next day, things were still pretty bleak, which wasn't helped by the occasional smug white man wearing a Make America Great Again cap. I thought about saying something like, too soon, but I doubted they'd care. And, you know, I wasn't sure it was my place to say. I was an observer. I didn't live here after all. Later that day, I joined a friend of mine at a rally in the centre of town. It was less than 24 hours after the election, and various people were talking about how it had affected them and how they felt. I wasn't really expecting much. I've always found that kind of thing a bit pointless and whiny. But I thought there might at least be some angry, protesty men, and there's nothing sexier than getting angry about social and political injustice. I was going to make a joke here, but it's true. It's really fucking sexy. <laughs> Anyway, there were the usual moans and the worry for the future that looks a lot more uncertain, especially if you're not white, straight, male, and middle class. But there was something else. Instead of just hearing, and something must be done, what I heard time and again was, and we will do something. Whatever it takes, we'll do it. And the first thing we did was march, all of us, together, through the areas of the city with the highest level of immigrants, chanting about how all immigrants were welcome. To anyone who thought that marches and rallies were pointless, and I include myself in that, I'd say that after such a nasty and divisive campaign, with a winning party getting into power on promises to send them home and build that bloody wall, this is the most powerful gesture anyone could have made. Thousands of people saying to the most vulnerable section of society, don't listen to them. We're not all like that. You are welcome here, and we will fight alongside you to make sure you are always welcome. And just like that, I wasn't observing anymore. I was participating. I'd forgotten how good it felt to get out and do something instead of just moaning about stuff and waiting for someone else to fix it while I assume there's nothing I can do. It's got me thinking about all those people who happily tweet stuff like, it gets better and love wins because it doesn't. Not on its own. As this shitty year has shown us, over and again, left to their own devices, hatred, fear and willful ignorance will win every time. Love wins because somewhere... A lot of people worked at it. It gets better because you work at it. Lots of people in small ways every day. And it's time we all did a little bit more. It's time to step outside those safe spaces, those echo chambers and those bubbles of like-minded circle jerking. Get involved. Get activisty. Get out there. Do things. It doesn't have to be much. And it doesn't have to be all the time. It's just little things. Often. And, you know, like I say, it's sexy. It might get you laid. And if we can save the world from bastards and have a sexy time at the same time, then everyone's a winner. One of the best ways to start is by stepping away from Facebook and Twitter. Not permanently, but certainly a bit. Don't get caught up in the latest Twitter antics of idiots and bastards. Look for the news that's being hidden by that circus. Look for the stories that those bastards don't want you to see. Posting to Facebook and Twitter is a lot like having a wank. It makes you feel better, but it doesn't bother anyone else in the slightest. In fact, I'm doing it now, and it's lovely, but it's not helping anyone. So before we post links about the latest awful thing the government's got up to or something disgusting involving Nigel Farage, which is anything involving Nigel Farage, stop and ask yourself, and what am I going to do about this? The answer should never be nothing. You know that poster that was awfully British, about keeping calm and carrying on, that was printed during the war and got recently put all over mugs and posters and everything. There was another one made by the same ministry at the same time during the war. It's a lot more relevant. It read, freedom is in peril, defend it with all your might. I like that voice. And it's important that we do defend it with all our might because the more people who argue, the more people who push back for basic rights for all people from all walks of life, the less likely it is that these bastards can convince us that their way of thinking is the new normal. Brexit and the US election have bolstered the confidence of racists, homophobes, transphobes and every other flavour of phobe out there. And it's important we don't lose sight of just how awful those ideas are. Groups of people shouting, Heil Trump isn't normal. A rise of violence against minorities isn't normal. A vice president championing gay conversion therapy isn't normal. Theresa May's snoopers charter is not normal, and we can't afford to let anyone begin to think otherwise. It's easier not to. I get that. It's so much easier to just say, there's nothing we can do. We're all powerless or anything about it. But that's not how it works. And as soon as you start thinking like that, those bastards win. I'd much rather let someone else do it while I sit here and wank myself into a coma. But, before reaching for the tissues and the baby lotion, picture the smug faces of people like Trump and Farage and Theresa May and Paul Nuttall of UKIP and Michael bloody Gove. If that doesn't take the wind out of your sails, then it's already too late. This has been Mostly True. Thanks for listening.